0: So we've made it this far. As we've been looking at 1 Kings, we've made it to the halfway point or so in Solomon's reign. Twenty years or so have passed since we started looking about three weeks ago at where Solomon was at and where he went in the past chapters that we have looked at. But with the halfway mark, I'd like to say it's possibly the halfway mark in our study in 1 Kings, maybe not, but it's the halfway mark in the life of Solomon. And we have this wonderful picture as we start at this passage in chapter 9 of 1 Kings. That when Solomon had finished building the temple of the Lord and the royal palace and had achieved all that he had desired to do, the Lord appeared to him a second time as he had appeared to him at Gibeon. The Lord comes again. For a second time, God comes and he meets with Solomon. 1 Kings 3 verses 4 to 5 recount the first encounter with God. In Gibeon, when Solomon was asked in a vision what he wanted most of all, and the response that pleased God, Solomon asked for wisdom, for the purpose to govern God's people and to distinguish between right and wrong. And so we have God coming again. Solomon has done what he desired to do. And so God comes. And in this passage that we have, that we read from verse 3 through to verse 9, we learn three different things that God brings up in this message. The first thing we see in verse 3, and it's privilege. The Lord said to him, I have heard the prayer and plea you have made before me. I have consecrated this temple which you have built by putting my name there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. Solomon is in a place of privilege. His people are in a place of privilege. The prayers have been heard. As Solomon was dedicating the temple in 1 Kings 8, verses 25 to 53, he asked that God would be there, that God would dwell and God would be with his people. That God would make his presence known. And so the prayer has been heard and the prayer has been answered. The temple has been consecrated. God has put his seal on it. He has made it holy. By his presence he is making that building his own. A holy place. God was there to stay. This wasn't just some fleeting moment. But God. The God of creation their God was there to stay. He had promised to be with his people. He was going to be there. And by being there, this was an action of grace. This was God coming down, being in a place with his people, a means of grace by which the people would have access to God's sovereign presence. This is how much God loved his people. That he was going to be there for them, never to leave them. They were in a privileged position because he was their God and they were his people. So we see the privilege in verse 3. We read of assurance in verses 4 to 5. As for you, if you walk before me in integrity of heart and uprightness, as David your father did, and do all I command and observe my decrees and laws, I will establish your royal throne over Israel forever, as I promised David your father when I said, you shall never fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. And so we are back to God's promise. Back to that covenant promise that God had made. He had made to Abraham. Isaac and Jacob, he had made it to Moses and he had made it to David. And we think specifically of the promise that he had made to David, that there would always be a son on the throne. But God's promises, we looked at it a few weeks ago, that God was fulfilling his promises. What he had promised beforehand, the people were now seeing fulfilled as a land of their own, having a place of worship of their own and free from war on every side. that little word but the promise is there if Solomon does Solomon will get if Solomon meets the requirements and the asking of God to continually to be faithful to him, Solomon will know blessing but it's not about ritually going through what God had put down in the law what is God looking for He says, if you walk before me in integrity of heart and uprightness. It's not about going through the motions. Solomon must have an integrity of heart. Someone who knows God, has God in his life, is faithful to him. So that he will know the blessing that God will have by keeping his promise that the throne will be established over Israel forever. See, Solomon must have a Davidic heart. He must be like his father, David. Yes, we can look back on the life of David and we can say, well, David wasn't really a guy you'd want to follow. Look at what he got up to. Yes, look at what he got up to. But look at what he did every time. He sought restoration from God. He sought to be back in that relationship that God desired to have with And so David knew the promises fulfilled by God because he was a man after God's own heart, having a heart of integrity and uprightness. I was thinking about what a heart of integrity might look like for us today. I don't want to jump too far ahead in how we apply this. But I was thinking of Micah 6 and verse 8. He has showed you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? Act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Micah is speaking at a time, he's prophesying at a time before God's people are thrown into exile because God again is fulfilling his promises. And he's saying, Look, God requires of you, He requires you to be a person who will act justly and will love.